Hello, this is Andrea St. Amand. Welcome to Magical Mystical Journeys. I'm your resident psychic medium. And with me today are my two co-hosts. Hey everyone, it's Katie Valentine. I'm your Christian minister, New Testament scholar, and metaphysical woo-woo guide. Hi everyone, it's Amy Renee, and I'm a practitioner of shamanic arts. And I'm looking forward to what we're talking about today. This episode is something of a part two to what we started last week, although it's certainly can be listened to all by itself. But uh, in the last episode, we were talking about big land. And in this episode, we're going to talk about little land issues. Not, I don't mean little land, but more personal, private space. Who wants to start with the story, a little personal experience about Maybe a space that you walked into that felt really heavy or the opposite of a space you walked into that felt really amazing. Maybe it's your own house. It's your own office. The one that's coming to mind is I was with my nephew who's now 30 and he was 14. So that many years ago, 16 years ago, and he was visiting me in the Bay Area. We went to Alcatraz and walking into Alcatraz felt off felt off. And it was before I was probably sensitive at the time, but not, not anywhere to the level that I am now. And certainly didn't have the language for it back then. Um, But yeah, there was, um, it it wasn't scary. There were people all around, but it's something about it felt, yeah, energetically off. And that, that makes a lot of sense. So just in case anyone doesn't know, Alcatraz is a, you know, the the history of the place is so interesting. We mostly, we mostly know it for being a prison, which it was for a couple of decades. And it's on an island um, in the San Francisco Bay, but it was also a holy spot for Native Americans, for Indigenous people uh, before that. And then there was like, it was occupied by Native Americans after it had ceased to be a prison. And now it's the state park. So it's got a lot of competing like interest. Honestly, if you had walked into a maximum security, what was supposed to be an impenetrable prison, and you didn't feel off, I would be wondering about you. (laughs) Amy, how about you? Yeah, so I feel like I've been pretty blessed not to be in any uh, energetic spots that have felt super heavy to me. The closest thing that I've really encountered is uh, a house cleansing and blessing that I was asked to be part of. And an individual had been living in this space for quite some time uh, without paying rent, without just kind of, um, they didn't even have like like a trash service. So everything was just kind of building up. It was just kind of gross, just really, really gross. So going into that space, not only could I see it on a physical level, but there was like this heaviness that I could feel. And in the process of cleansing that out, cleaning that out, I also noticed like within my own energetic being that I felt like in a sense I was being influenced. So I could only spend a certain amount of time in it to honor like my personal energy and to like know how much can I give of myself and at what point do I need to stop and then come back another time? Yeah. How about you? Andrea? Yeah, what you just described sounds overwhelming for sure. And I do think when people go to places like that could be a tourist attraction, like a jail or a place like you just described, Amy, it can be overwhelming to us uh, if we don't know how to draw boundaries or we stay in it too long. We'll talk a little bit more about that coming up. But it's funny, Katie, that you mentioned Alcatraz because what I was going to mention was our old city jail too, which anybody who follows me knows I've spent a lot of time in there as my classroom. 
but it is very heavy, sort of thick, thick energy in there. And similarly to Alcatraz, it's got the land had a lot of different purposes before it was a prison. And something interesting, when that building was built, uh, was right at the turn of the 1700s and the 1800s. There were a lot of prisons built in the eastern, up the eastern seaboard at that time with the intent to be off, to literally with the intent of building a building that would scare people or that would make people feel uncomfortable so they would not commit crimes and they would not go in. So it's kind of a little hard to tell. You're probably feeling the energy and the memories of the land, but you're also, you know, you can pick up on what the intent of the building really was. was. Yeah, it's also occurring to me with places like um, Alcatraz and the the city jail that it has the energy of probably several generations and multiple people coming in and out. So there's some some, uh, centuries in some cases. Centuries, yeah. And Amy, even in your case, there was a lot of literally built up energy over weeks or months or years or whatever it was. Yeah, that sounds horrible. Well, I bet everybody here has walked into a house where they were invited for dinner or they're going seeing a family member and you know you've walked into some tension that maybe people were just fighting right before you walked in the door and you can taste it. You can like, literally, you can just feel like you're cutting through something really thick and heavy and it, it, you can taste it. So all that's real. That's like why we're doing this episode today. All of this is very, very important. It's not in your imagination when you feel the energy of a space, particularly um, in a house. So, Katie, you said something before we got on about, you know, why you thought this was important. And you see a lot of not not necessarily to do with space specifically, but you see a lot of common issues with certain clients and it. In my practice, those issues come up in space. Do you want to speak into that a little bit? Often, and this is probably this is true for me too. So it's not only the people that I serve, but I think that a lot of what we perceive as like a spiritual problem is really a boundaries problem. And so it's a boundary. Like we have sometimes we are kind of have no boundaries and emotional boundaries, like with people in our lives. So I get a lot of people, for instance, that ask me, what do I say when my family member or my friend says this, you know, like sort of horrific thing to me about why I like chakras? Well, that's a boundary issue. That's really a boundary thing. There's absolutely nothing you can say to that person that will help with that issue if their mind is dead set against it. So it's really a boundary issue about your personal, um, personal emotional space. But the same is true in our physical space. If we're having little problems going on in our house, or we think that there's hauntings or something like that, that's actually a boundaries issue. And so I think a lot of this can be solved if we develop really strong awareness and really strong spiritual boundaries. I know that's easier said than done, but it's actually not as hard as we might think either. Amy, what's your experience with space and boundaries? Yeah, I love everything that Katie just spoke into. And absolutely, there's, for me, there's certain aspects that I can do to, like, say, for instance, um, 
if my partner is maybe watching TV and it's this like gory stuff or this fighting, right? There's even an energy that can come through with that. So how do I want to honor my personal boundaries? Because that's something that I personally am very sensitive to. So maybe it's as simple as, you know, lighting sage or something to help balance that or sending love and light to that. Um, sacred commands to me are a really brilliant way to shift the energy. You know, if say for instance, I'm going to use an animal, a dog as, you know, an example of maybe they're uh, you can watch energy. So when a dog starts getting barky or something's going on, like to me, that's a really good sign of how the energy is showing up. And it takes our voice of shh or stop or us opening the door to let the energy out. So opening the windows to clear some of the energy with intent. Um, so that's what kind of comes up for me around the boundary aspect. Really what both of you were saying, I think this is so true, is to first of all, be aware. Be aware uh, if you have these boundary leaks, so to speak, and you can bring that right into your house with you. Um, I get asked a lot to clean, you know, energetically clean properties or have, have do some sort of psychic work on what's going on in the property. And nine times out of 10, it is a boundary issue. Either someone's not drawing good boundaries with other family members who are living in the house, like you just mentioned, um, Amy, or with other family members who drop in all the time or neighbors. It's shocking to me how how often people have sort of an open door policy and they're letting people just kind of run in and out of their house amok and bringing all their crap with them. Um, so that's very real. Yeah. And I, and there's, I think, otherworldly boundaries too. Absolutely. Like we have to set otherworldly spiritual boundaries too in, in our personal space, like literally in our personal space. Um, so people are, yeah, I work, I work with quite a few people who have been um, like woken up in the middle of the night or they, they feel like spirits or whomever are, are trying to get in contact with them, which they probably are. And I was like, all you have to do, I mean, usually my advice is all you have to do is tell them, no, I need to sleep. <laughs> we can do this at 9am tomorrow, like set a definite time. Right. Or, or say right. no, you, you can say no. And it usually does the trick. Absolutely. And actually what you're bringing up is a um, something I would like to go a little bit deeper in, and that is the distinction between what uh, we're calling residual energy versus spirit energy. It's really quite different. So the residual energy, how I'm using that term and my frame of reference is that heavy feeling. It's that feeling of all that's come before you. It's that feeling of when you walk into your friend's house and you know they've just had an argument. That's sort of that leftover residual stuff. And spirit energy can be really different. And a, a, a lot of sort of boundary boundary work from being in your in your house is learning to understand the difference. But certainly also clean cleaning out of your own home all of the residual residual energy that you might even be bringing in at the end of every single day or that you're allowing your partner to bring in by having the TV up too high during gory fight scenes. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that one up, Amy. I had a relationship that really ended partly because I was like, I cannot watch the news right before bed every <laughs> night. Oh God, that would be awful. Okay. So let, let's talk more about that residual energy though, Andrea. Um, there, were some, there were some passionate notes from you in our notes before the show. 
that you wrote that like in all caps with exclamation points about the difference between residual energy and it seems like a lot of people mistake that for ghost or for spiritual energy absolutely so yeah oh so well like uh, yeah i'm kind of curious about maybe an example like so if someone is experiencing what might someone be experiencing that they could mistake for that like ghostly energy a lot of times people are picking up on past events and or it's their own past event that they're still carrying with them and because they walk into a space and it feels very heavy they think oh a ghost is here a spirit is here who is stuck or maybe you have a really old house and there's this sense of the old man who used to live here has passed away and he's still living here he's still here that heavy feeling if it's a very heavy feeling um, that more than likely you're picking up on memories. You're picking up on that old memory feeling of somebody who did, in fact, used to live there, but it doesn't mean the soul of that person is still stuck in the house. Now, it doesn't mean they might not choose to pop back in and out just to check on their old house. <laughs> I have <laughs> seen that. new occupants, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And tell them, you know, hey, the breaker box is over there <laughs> and this one always flips um yeah but spirit one of the it was it's a very common misconception i think that when somebody thinks that there's there's this presence in the home that the spirit is actually stuck there and cannot move on it doesn't mean again the energy that they're not picking up on some energy there and if it's residual energy it can be transmuted and ushered out the door and of course, if it's a soul energy, a true soul, it's like what Katie mentioned earlier of, um, hey, I live here now, you need to move. <laughs> so I don't know if this is getting too into the weeds, but it, would it be in your experience, an actual soul that's still there or some kind very of- Very like rarely. In, okay. Like it's the rarely. person? Very rarely. Is it a soul that is still there? Okay. And I would, in fact, say in most of my experience, it's not even an imprint of that. So it's a misperception on the on the part of the person living there currently. It's their own stuff they're projecting outwards. Okay. Just to be really harsh. <laughs> but that's normally what it is. What about you, Amy, when you're doing, I know you do a lot of house blessings uh, to... Do you run into this kind of energy, this kind of misperception or, or, or conception, or do you have a different way of thinking about it? Yeah, for me. Um, so I don't know that I can really feel the difference of like the soul versus the residual to me, like whatever it is I'm filling, I'm working with. So regardless, and I listen, I'm very intuitive with what I do. So on one of the cleansings, you know, I was guided to light a candle that to me, that's purity. It's that intention that we're working with big time and listening to whatever herbs, whatever it is that I'm called to do, whether it's drumming to help move the energy, clear the energy. If there, if it feels like there is a being that's remaining in the house, it's like, you are no longer welcome here. It is time for you to leave. So it's really that strong intent, having the, you know, will on board and at the same time, right, of maybe there is a message that, you know, why the energy is there, what it is that they want, you know, to be known, they need to be heard, they need to be seen for whatever reason. And it's that simple act of listening 
of hearing of the whoever's living in the space of like no this is not working for us right and it's like you can be somewhere else leave you know just not inside the house that's you know so you're still honoring whatever it is but if it is a residual energy then clearing working with it you know the simple act of like say for instance of uh, there was someone who passed away who spent the majority of their time in the garage, right? And they were a smoker. And sometimes you'll have that, like that smell of tobacco smoke that comes through or whatever, or, you know, um, cigarettes on the ground or something like that. It's the simple act of cleaning it, like physical cleaning with an energetic blessing, clearing that will help to remove some of this residual energy. You know what, I will, um, just to clarify a little bit, I don't know why I didn't say this earlier, but a good way to think about this residual versus a true soul, residual energy cannot communicate. Ah. A soul can communicate. There is no intelligence in residual energy. Now it doesn't mean you can't get information out of it. Think of residual energy as the book and the soul is the person the book is written about. It's living a living intelligence. So discarnate or incarnate doesn't matter. If somebody's already passed over and you're in, you're linked and you're connecting with a soul, you can have a conversation. You're going to be communicating. Residual energy is going to be like reading a book. So you'll get information off of it. So you will get information, you'll get past information, but you're not really having a full intelligent communication it might be hard to get your head around and it takes a lot of practice to figure out which one you're doing i was going to say yeah, if you're a psychic medium this comes easily but a psychic medium, well, a lot of people are everyone's psychic though yeah, everyone's true. psychic you can all walk into the space and get information off of objects and so if the object if you're picking up on a memory or a feeling of um, some somebody that lived there before you, but it's really just that impression, then I think to to just you know, piggyback a little bit what on Amy was saying, there's a reason you're getting that. It might be that your higher self is trying to illuminate something in your self. There might be a message in that for you. There won't be a message in that for the soul. The soul isn't a moved on much more wiser space than what we are here as humans. Mm. Does that make sense? Cool. Yeah. I I like that. Yeah. I mean, like, so if I, if I go over to Amy's house and I leave my sweater, that sweater Mm -hmm. may smell like me. It may have like my perfume on it. I don't wear perfume, but you know, something like that. Or uh, if I have a bad campfire, it might still smell like the campfire. It probably has some of my cellular stuff on it, but it's not me. It's not like I'm actually exactly there. But Amy could pick up your sweater and might have some random memory flash across her mind of you. Not that the, you know, a memory that you lived perhaps in that sweater, Katie. Right. That Amy wasn't even there there for. She might just suddenly remember and see in her own mind's eye a walk that you took with your dog while you're wearing the sweater. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I'll try to make it a good memory, Amy. If I, if I <laughs> you leave your sweater there. in Amy's house. <laughs> but when I think about how, you know, so we have private spaces, we have public spaces, and there's just zillions of people, you know, in and out of all of these spaces. Not in my private space. Mm-hmm. We don't let people over very, very much. We don't, we don't want to have to entertain or cook for other people. But um, 
you know, so I think about all the people, though, that are crossing these boundaries all the time, that it, it is a lot of energy. And so it's, you know, those who are sensitive do might feel a lot of that zany energy. Absolutely. And it can be overwhelming. And I think, you know, we touched on this a little bit, but just to, to go a little bit deeper in it, when you're moving into a new space or a new office or any any everything we're talking about is not just your home, it's also your office. And even if your office is a desk, you know, that you're sharing or a cubicle or something, it, you can own your space and all of that is governed by intent. So Amy mentioned that a little bit, how, you know, really setting your intent that I am going to be energetically owning the space and it's going to be, I, my personal intent is always my highest and best good. Oh, yes. What about you guys? What do you think about consciously setting an intent? Which, by the way, highest and best good doesn't always mean comfy and cozy and easy. <laughs> I'm with, I'm so with you on that, Andrea. And I highly recommend like anyone who's moving into a new space or even leaving a new or a space that they've been in. So for me, I've been asked many, many, many times to go in to help bless and cleanse the space before someone moves in. It's kind of like a housewarming aspect for yourself or for the loved one or whatever. And even when you're leaving a space. So for me, whenever I left my house, whenever I sold my house, I did a full on cleansing and blessing of it and thanking the house for how it served me and may it serve the next family or the next individuals that are to live in it. So it's like, you know, it's like, thank you and goodbye in a sense. So that by itself, even if it's, you know, an office, a new office that you're moving into a cubicle, you know, make that your own space with pictures, with whatever feels most aligned to you plants bring that energy into it like something as simple as bamboo if you don't have light the bamboo is a, really a pretty strong plant out of all the ones that exist so what comes up for you katie um i so okay so around intent i endeavor i endeavor to set intents a lot sometimes i don't but i do it pretty subconsciously these days so i don't have to always well sometimes i just forget but i don't have to always be like um, I can be mindful about it without being super elaborate, I guess, about it. So it's not super elaborate these days. Um, so, but I do think it's important. And if I've forgotten for a long time, then I kind of have to redo it. I was, I was thinking as Amy was talking, there was an apartment that I moved out of. Uh, this is when I moved to from Berkeley to Chico, so 2012. And I was pretty annoyed with my landlord by this by the time I moved. And he was a good guy, but um, I lived in like the first level, he lived in the second level. So I had my own entrance and everything, but he just like let a lot of things go in, in the yard, in the house. Um, by the time I moved and my allergies were acting up because he hadn't had the grass mowed in like a year. So it was about six feet tall. And it was like, I was just, so I was just annoyed, you know, I was annoyed, but it was a good space for me. I, um, I got a lot written there. It was, I was like finishing my schooling. So it like, like Amy, I, I thought, I don't want to leave this place feeling, I don't want to leave it with my residual resentment. Mm. So I did a process of kind of clearing that out and kind of smoking all that out and thank you. I went into every room. I mean, there were only two big rooms, so it wasn't hard, but, uh, and like thanked the house for it to really leave it as neutral as I could, neutral to positive as I could for the next occupant. And interestingly, when, before moving to Ireland, I came to the place I'm in right now, just to set up house for us about three months before we moved. And my clients were asking me 
can you do a video to show us how to do a house blessing? And so I did, but I simply about it didn't feel right. So I was trying to do this house blessing here, but it was like, I it just, I was going through the motions kind of for them just to show them the technicalities of it, but it wasn't working. I thought, oh, it's not working. Cause I'm the only one here. I need my partner to be here too. Like my partner and my dog um, need to be here too. It just wasn't, it didn't feel right doing it on my own. And then we never really did a formal one actually when we got here, but like, you know, we set the energy. We're really intentional about setting our energy in the moving process and the arriving process. So a lot of that we did before we even got here. Like we sent that forward. So yeah, so I try to be mindful about setting intention in my space. And then um, when things are off, there gets there's like a massive cleaning and vacuuming and stuff like that to help reset it. Yeah, physically cleaning is definitely uh, helpful um, to get kind of sort of get your head back in the right space and to help you create your intent too. What do you guys think about little house spirits of the good kind not the lingering person who might have lived in the house beforehand what do you think about some people might call them i don't know house spirits or or brownies or fairies i don't think fairies is the right word what do you guys think about like what if there are little helpers in your house that help brighten your day or i don't know what do you think about that and what do you think they do and where do they live if they're in your house, like under the stairs, <laughs> where, where, where Harry Potter is <laughs> under the bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I hope not under my bed. It's dusty. It's dusty underneath there. <laughs> what do you think, Amy? Oh, goodness. Uh, I absolutely love working with them. Uh, to me, I bring it in in different ways. I, you know, especially if I lose something or I can't remember where something is like to me, those are the good helper spirits that we can work with, you know, like, Hey guys, help me find this, you know, and then I'll just pay attention to what thoughts or, you know, anything that comes up, you know, typically it triggers or I'll remember within just minutes or, you know, sometimes it's hours depending, but usually it's pretty quick of, I remember where it is that I was, you know, what I'm looking for. So to me, that's a really fun way as well as, um, working with some of the plants. So I'll use rosemary as an example, you know, so rosemary is a really beautiful, uh, I'm going to say spirit helper to assist us with our dream time. You can put rosemary under a pillow. If you're having nightmares, um, window sills. Obviously, rosemary is one of the plants that's known to help repel ticks and fleas on dogs. Well, also is working with our energetic fields as well. So to me, uh, rosemary planted around the house, like bringing some of that in fresh flowers, right? When we have flush, fresh flowers, it helps to brighten up the space or even as simple as a bowl of water out to kind of attract some of like any, um, I don't really want to call it negative energy, but maybe energies that are not supportive for the highest and greatest good, right? I'll set a bowl of water out to help pull that in or light a candle, just bring in that purity of things. So there's different ways that, um, I absolutely believe in all that, like no doubt in my mind, do I have many spirit helpers to help with the highest good. Even in the beginning of the podcast, when we first started recording our first series, you know, we would set that intention, that intent 
for the highest good for that guide to come through to work with us, you know, and that's huge. So back to the topic of houses and our spaces. Katie, are there, I mean, what comes up for you? Do you feel that we have spirit helpers, guides that can help for the well-being of the house or the space? Yeah, it's, it's not all ghost, um, ghost and weird, weird energy. Um, so I, I do think that there are probably, I call them elementals, who are connected to land, uh, land, plant, and maybe there's other, other kinds too, who are coexisting in our spaces. I do not think they're there to help us. They may help us. That's not why they're there. They have their own lives. They're not like, like the ones that live in my space with me are not around to say, like, how can I serve Katie? Um, and so I think that would be a lot of uh, hubris for me to think that. And they, they probably would not respect that. <laughs> You're ruining our fun. They're not. And are, by the way, are these elementals the ones that always steal our socks? Yes. <laughs> in the dryer? <laughs> so. Yeah, I do have some, they, they can, they can play some like tricks on humans uh, for sure. But, you know, the same way I got to think that the elementals are also like, oh, look, my human's here to help me. Like, we're not there to serve them, but we probably help them. Yes. Yeah. So it's, we're coexisting and relational and having fun with each other, all that kind of stuff. But yeah. So I, I do think that those um, energies are there. And so one of the, one of the things I'm, learning more about is um like the right names to call all of these um energies and creatures so um i would generally we've tended humans in the west have tended to say like fairy but the fairy world has its own energy and its own actual set of ethics and rules so probably i think what we're talking about like what i've heard amy talk about what i what i'm talking about is what i would call elemental energy that's connected directly to earth energy or to like particular space so there may be different names for it, but it's probably not fairy energy. So that, that's something we'll, we've tentatively scheduled uh, for later on, later on in the season. But we, um, my, my spouse and I laugh because one, both houses we lived in, in California, we couldn't find a damn fork in that house. Like the forks would be gone. It was ridiculous. And so we were like, we, when we moved, we fully expected to find like some cache of forks underneath some piece of furniture where our house, um, I guess the roommates where our house roommates had taken them. We never found them. I don't know where they are. There's, there's some kingdom right now, just thriving with all of the forks from <laughs> your roommates. My That's great. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's so funny. Someone at some point put into my head that plants and particularly flowers was a good way to serve those spirits those other elementals we'll call them elementals or our roommates and for some reason that stuck with me and the place we lived in before the house we're living in now we were in a rental between houses and the neighbors had the most gorgeous it looked wild but it was sort of a formally wild garden that bloomed all year round i mean it was just amazing and i felt for the first time i was like oh my gosh if if there are elementals. They are certainly here all around this house because of this garden. And so when we moved, I welcomed them to come with us <laughs> with the warning, of course, that my garden does not look at all like that. But I do have um, flower boxes. And I always feel like as long as the flower boxes have flowers in them, which parts of the winter they don't just because I'm too lazy to change them out. I feel like I'm not serving my roommates, my spiritual roommates. But when the flower boxes are there, 
I guess I'm feeling like, okay, I'm doing this not just for me, but I'm doing it for them too. Like maybe they're going to be happy. But I also feel like they're kind of living outside of my house. I don't uh, feel like they're actually in the house, although the socks go missing all the time, so they must be in here too. <laughs> do, you, do you think that they help you with the boundaries of the house? I like that. Maybe. I like that very much. Well, now I'm in a condo, and so I'm not on the, the ground as, you know, two floors beneath. So do I have elementals with wings that are Absolutely. Outside? I love okay. that. That might be something for our, um, that helps our listeners too, because we're talking about pretty, you know, abstract things here. But it really, I do, I do physically imagine that there are beings that are outside my house and that, that are helping in some way or that I can help them. But if we really think about them helping us maintain boundaries, that's great. Well, yeah. And that, like and that. we're, yeah, and the, when we create strong boundaries, too, around our space, our land, we are also contributing to their well-being, right? Like, that's also helpful. Like, they don't particularly want a bunch of energy coming in um, and disrupting their their lives, too. They probably have better boundaries with us. I mean, imagine yeah. what we're bringing in every day. So every time ah. a fork was stolen, I probably violated some boundary. I need to apologize to any elemental who was living with me when I was practicing law. Like, oh my gosh, I'm so, I'm feeling so bad right now. <laughs> One of them was also studying law in there, you know. In there. And then they were like, ah, For, elemental forget conflict. this. I'm going to med school. This is what being a lawyer <laughs> looks like. <laughs> this lady's crazy. Right. Or like, if I think of like, you know, like everyone has fights, right? Like, so, you know, if we've had a fight or something, I'm like, oh, the poor elementals were. Yeah, I, I was that, sorry. going crazy and then went through a divorce all at the same time. So I'm surprised. I probably have no elementals left living around me. I probably have. Like, uh, I've been blackballed. There's, there's a memo <laughs> with your name on it. No. Stay away. Stay away from her. <laughs> I don't care how many flowers she puts out <laughs> in the yard. Uh-huh. Well, Amy, you mentioned earlier like some tools and we're, we're talking about plants and um, flowers. But what what... Would either one of you, what's your favorite go-to tool or tip or trick to kind of just reset your mind or get your, just get your house clean short of vacuuming and mopping the floor and going on a spring cleaning frenzy? Yeah, great question. So I'm going to share something that's really coming through strongly right now is color. Anything that we can do to liven the space up, you know, make it feel alive with, you know, maybe it is a plant, maybe it is a new painting, maybe it's new fabric, like something with color, bringing that color into the space is a really beautiful way. Obviously, like one of my go-tos when I'm like upset or bothered is like, I have this automatic habit of cleaning the house of like, all right, it's time to like move this energy, do something about this. So that is kind of like just my intuitive go-to for whatever reason, but I don't want that to be the only thing. So if I were to play with this, how do I want to play with the raising of the vibration of the space? And, you know, maybe it's as simple as me tuning into myself, centering myself, connecting to the earth below me, connecting to the divine above me and asking for guidance of what does this space need? right now? How can I clear it? How can I raise the vibration? 
you know, opening the windows, uh, smudging the space. Maybe you sing a song to the space, right? We all have voices so we can bring our, our tone, our sound, our song, our own soul music into the space to clear it, to raise the vibration, to create the atmosphere that feels good to us that we want to be in. Okay. If I sang anything, I would definitely scare off all the elementals. Oh, what what about you, Katie? (laughs) What about you, Katie? Uh, I don't know that I'm always so quite so conscious about it as Amy is, but I think mostly when the, so when the energy needs to be transmuted, what are ways that I do that? So that all the physical stuff that Amy mentioned, I agree. And and I do, um, I do all of that too. I think mostly it's actually just raising my vibration, right? Cause I'm like, we are the, we are the most important kind of well, not the most important, but we're we're the strongest creator of energy within our space. And so whatever I can do to raise my vibration, whether that sometimes it's just figuring out what's making me grumpy and not being so grumpy anymore or processing that energy, um, changing, changing that up a little bit. Uh, often I'll start with my, where my altar is and make sure that that's in good order. Sometimes it's gotten very dusty, like literally dusty, or the things on it are no longer really in tune with the season. Um, So starting in that corner, and that automatically changes the vibration of me and that room and kind of moving outward. Um, So I think just really consciously setting intent. Um, I'm not the best cleaner. I like things to be clean. I don't like to do it. So I will clean, but I won't do like top to bottom all in one day. (laughs) That shall not happen in my... (laughs) If I, if I'm in charge. So I think, yeah, just changing, changing my intent and then making sure those boundaries are firmly in place. Um, because sometimes I feel like they, you know, they've gotten leaky. Usually if there's something going on in the house, it's because my boundaries are not in order. So making sure those are in good working order, emotionally, spiritually, physically, everything. Great points. I use Halo Santo religiously. Some people use stage, burn sage or burn something else or burn candle, like you all have mentioned or incense. But for me, I've learned, and I've, I think I've almost trained myself like Pavlov's dog at this point. As soon as the Palo Santo gets gets lighted, it's the scent of it for me that instantly, cl- like, just clears out all of everybody else's stuff that I'm holding on to. So by the end of the day, when I've seen a lot of clients, but particularly after a group, I've got a lot of people's stories. I'm holding and you guys are the same way. We're holding a lot of not just their energy and the intangible energy. We're holding their stories and then the spirit world stories. And to me, I've I've got to like have some, a physical act and a scent and it'll just drop it all away and I'll clear it. And if I don't, um, and that's raising my own vibration. So I'm not bringing everybody else's stories and my worry about them home to my house. If I don't do that, I've noticed when I go back into my space that every little thing will annoy the crap out of me. Everything, everything just annoys me in my space. Like everything's, something's out of place and I'm grunt. I'm just scr- like, blah. and then I know I've got too much of other people's stuff actually on me and I need to, I need to clean my own head. You have too first. many roommates. <laughs> too many, roommates, too yeah. many psychic roommates then. But they're um, the, res- they're the residuals. They're the leftovers yeah. of them. <laughs> Yes, you have you have you have too many yearbooks. Absolutely, yeah. going on in your head. Great way, of, yeah. Great way of putting it. 
So I know we mentioned a couple of tools. I want to make a note about this. So um, Amy, you mentioned Rosemary, especially, and you mentioned um, Palo Santo for you, Andrea. And then I want to make a note, especially for those of us who are not Native American, there's a huge like rush for a lot of a lot of people to get white sage. It's actually highly inappropriate um, to do white sage and sage are not the same, but white sage is uh, very particular to um, a Native American tribe and uh, it's been over harvested now. Oh no. Right. And so like, I think there's this misconception, like if I just light, like light a bunch of sage, everything's going to be good. It's the sage does have beneficial properties. Rosemary does too. Rosemary is great for people of European descent. Um, and it's, I think it's really good to find something native to your area, like the land where you are living on, find out what is in abundance there. It's not like yes. sage is the only thing that will clear. Absolutely. Um, yeah. will clear that energy. But like anytime we're doing that, it's also our intent. Absolutely. Right. Have the space cleared. Yeah. The physical things help, but they don't just do it on their own. Nope. I wish, it, I wish they would. I, I wish I could just scatter a bunch of crystals and sage around my place and be like, oh, it's all taken care of. In fact, if you light something on fire and you're, it's in your hand, I mean, think of that as a magic wand and your intent is anger or fear. And you're just like, oh, I want to get rid of this. And, but your, your intent's not really to get rid of it. Your intent's just, you're just spreading around more anger and fear. Yeah. Good points, both of you. And here's something, because Katie, you spoke into the sage aspect. Well, the same thing with Palo Santo, you know, making sure that whatever it is that we are working with, you know, whether it be a plant, whether it be a wood, whether it be something is ethically harvested, you know, really being conscious about that. Some people work with essential oils to help, you know, bring a certain vibration into the space. But like you said, Katie, that intent and being ethical about whatever it is that we are working with is really a huge point to acknowledge. So thank you both of you for speaking into those. So that's part that's part of honoring the land is doing just, you know, it just it's a Google search away, um, what's local and getting that and using that to help clear the space. And then you're making friends with the land, the big land energy that you're with too, because your small, your small land is a microcosm, right, of the big land, or they're not a microcosm necessarily, but they're connected. They're connected. So the more that we have our small land space in order, the more we're helping the the big land energy, in my opinion. For sure. It's something that we have control over and we can take control over and not feel helpless about. Well, speaking of that, Katie, do you want to lead our listeners through a little meditation exercise on how to, or just closing the boundaries of your energetic space? Yeah, let's do that. So this is this is going to be a uh, a quick meditation. You can repeat it as often as you want, where you're learning to be very mindful of your personal boundaries, but especially the boundaries of where you live. So this is best done if you're in that space. Obviously, don't do this while driving, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All the usual, uh, all the usual caveats. Uh, but if you can't be in your space, great. But you know, you could also do this for your office space, for your car. Uh, cars also have boundaries and they're literally on wheels so it's not a bad idea to get those boundaries in order so go ahead and take that uh, deep cleansing breath you might put your feet flat on the ground if you can so you can start to tap into the big land energy that's beneath you you are on sacred ground 
and your house, your home, your office, where you spend time, where you imprint your energy is also sacred. So we want to treat it as that sacred space that it is. And you can imagine an imaginary boundary that's being drawn in a circle around your space, most likely on the outside, on the perimeter. And you want to make this somewhat permeable. So you might imagine it as a like translucent bubble where good energy can come in, helpful energy can come in. But immediately anything that doesn't belong bounces off. So you can imagine in that being erected around your space, around your property. And you can actually name right now all the things you don't want coming into your space and imagine them being zinged right out. It's not unloving, you're creating a boundary. But imagine coming in everything that you want to come into your space. And let's go one step closer. So right outside the, the walls or the imaginary walls, if you're in a cubicle that you want to protect. I'm also going to put up another kind of invisible boundary here. So imagine that being being built, you're building it with your intention. And this time you're going to be even more firm. What is it that you want to come in? What is it that you want to stay out? And then one step closer with your own personal self. You're going to imagine a force field around you you can imagine it having the ability to grow and to shrink. So it might start with six feet away from you, 12 feet away from you. You can pull it in close to be right next to your skin. And this also protects your personal boundary. Boundaries are essential for compassion. We can only have compassion for others when we are protected by boundaries. So setting these boundaries around your space, around your property, around your personal self are the best ways that you can show compassion for yourself and for others. And now that those are firmly in place, you can release that intent. It's already set. You no longer have to work at building it. Maintaining the boundary is much easier than building it. So you've already done the hard work of building it. So you're invited to light a quick blessing on all three of those boundaries that you set. Know that they are doing their job. You can revisit them occasionally whenever you need to, to make sure that they're firmly in place. And with practice, you'll get used to doing this over and over and create really, really healthy space for you to be in. 
And when you're ready, just draw your energy back into yourself. You can slowly open your eyes. And return to your amazingly boundaried space that you are in. And if anyone's feeling Thank you, Katie. Yeah, and if anyone's feeling super ambitious, you can actually you can you can walk the physical um, boundaries around your property, around any space that you have to to help set those with your with the own motion of your body. You can go around in circles. I, I've seen I've heard of some people doing this with salt. I'm not sure I really recommend putting salt on the ground, but uh, you could if you want. Thank you so much. Um, it dawns on me that actually right as we're speaking, we're having a, a new boundary built between our properties, between our house and the next door neighbor, that we're replacing a fence with a really beautiful brick wall that's ornate with a gate in it and everything like oh maybe the elementals will like our new boundaries but it's a boundary but it's a it's a boundary that's very beautiful and i love how you started that katie said this is you're not being mean you're not being ugly you're creating a healthy boundary yeah yeah good good fences make good neighbors right and the same is true in our all all, all dimensions of our uh spiritual and physical lives absolutely well, thank you for listening today. Amy, do you want to remind everybody how they can get in touch with us if they want to share any space stories? Absolutely. So we welcome you to email us at magicalmysticaljourneys at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Magical Mystical Journeys. And anything I'm missing out on, Katie, Andrea? Rate us on iTunes is the quickest way to share the inform to share the information to, to bump the podcast up in the ratings. So if you do nothing else, just go into iTunes, click the five stars, leave a great comment. We would love it. Thank you all. Bye, Thank everyone. you. Bye bye.